like it's not like one failure there's multiple failures there's failures every day there's things that don't work out every day um whether it's hires whether it's sales that you, that, that are pitches that have fallen through whether it's investment pitches that have fallen through um whether it's acquisitions that have fallen through whether it's many other things you can sit back and as a failure but there's something like that welcome to the chasing passion podcast my name is dom and i'm your host each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing it. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. This week, we're joined by Luke Mackey, who is the founder of the app Bamboo. So what is Bamboo, you ask? Well, it's an app that allows users to pre-order food at a food or a coffee business and then pick it up once it's ready to go. In Luke's words, it's an app for busy people. To date, Bamboo has raised over half a million seed rounds, has over 200 clients and tens of thousands of users. As for Luke, he had dreams of getting into the Irish Air Corps, but he soon discovered that it wasn't the path he wanted to take and pursued entrepreneurship ever since. Without further ado, please enjoy the episode with Luke Mackey. Luke, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. So your background is Bamboo. You've built Bamboo. So could you just tell us about what actually is Bamboo and how did that come to be? So the quick version of Bamboo is Bamboo is an app for busy people. Let's them press a button on their phone and when they arrive in a restaurant or coffee shop, their lunch or coffee is just sitting there waiting for them. Um, the long version of actually how I came up with the idea, the idea actually came out of my own personal frustration um of me going to the same coffee shop every morning or in the same coffee and buffering it the same buffering it like 10 15 minutes to order it and um i kind of just got frustrated after time and i started whatsapping the my order to the barista who actually just happened to know and um after i didn't think too much of it i was just like what well, on my way up to on my way up to the coffee shop because before i went i got the train up to town i would just whatsapp and say whatever lack say uh be there in five minutes and I just got to walk in and be sitting there waiting for me. I grab and I go and I just pay a tab at the end of the week. That's the deal I had set up. And um, I think about a month later, I went in and he was like giving it. He was just giving it to me like, hey, there's like 15 people WhatsApping me now every morning because of, for their morning coffees. I'm like, what? Um, and apparently they, just, they were just figuring that out just from me walking in, grabbing my coffee and then asking, how did he do that? And just had, handing it his WhatsApp number or his mobile number. And then I was like, hey, maybe there's something, something else here. Uh, rather than just like a little hack I had, a little my, a little morning hack I had. And um, I started exploring it. I started kind of mocking up, is this an app? Is this a, is this a product? Um, I didn't have any design skills, but I, I had built, a, I started a kind of a, a marketing services agency at that time, which is like just while I was in college. Um, and I was just myself and a friend of mine who was a designer. And I started mocking up what that would look like. So I didn't have the design skills to do it. So I just kind of just like used that time that i had this and i focus on this idea to kind of learn those things um and i and i want to be able to show the people like i want to be able to take out my phone and be able to sh- be able to show them um what it would look like as an app it doesn't have to be smart it just be like either pictures on my phone so i found tools allowed me to do that um so i was able to say people and said hey i've got this idea this is what it's going to look like and i then put my phone they able to play with it now like, oh, this is cool yeah it'd be great it would be amazing if i was able to do this um and i was able to like refine my pitch and get better at that um and i started kind of i started running with it so i i, I entered pitch competitions in college and uh, started winning them or coming coming the second and kind of getting free money from that to go and spend more time on this and then i was able to uh i i, I was able to kind of think okay well maybe this is something i could do full-time and i could put the marketing company aside and uh run with this and it was like do i 
do I am I capable of of building a company that because this would I, I kind of knew the opportunity that was at, at hand here like it wasn't just uh, I wasn't going to build a lifestyle company here this was this has quite a large opportunity um, so I kind of I got to meet my co-founder Alan who was the tech of the company from just doing doing these competitions and meeting more people and networking and getting to know people and um, I, I reached out to him cold actually just someone just told me about him and he was building something interesting in my space. I reached out to him cold and just made him for a coffee and I, and I just showed him like, hey, here's this one I want to build. Um, here's the opportunity I see. Here's what's going to look like. Here's what I think now is the right time. And and uh, I think the first thing he said was, how is no one doing this already? Which kind of like sat, sat with me and was like, yeah, it is one of those simple ideas where it's like everyone kind of goes so simple. Everyone could, you, you expect it to be done already. Um, and at that time, I think Halo was, was, was quite big in Dublin. It was, 20, it was during 2015, 2016. Halo was growing in Dublin. Uh, Deliveroo has just launched and like mobile plans where you had unlimited data where, where you were able to do things like order, like use your use mobile data on the go um, where, 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 where everyone had them. So it was the right time to do this. And we, we kind of spent like the last six months of college before we actually launched this thing um, or, or built this thing and uh, researching it and trying to make sure that we were right and like not going into a job after college and taking this so-called risk and um and we decided, yeah, let's do it. So we didn't actually write a line of code until we both finished college. And then we we rented a desk for 100 euro a month in a co-working space and uh, just started building a prototype and validating the prototype. Uh, we raised a bit of money, like a small amount of money that allowed us to hire our first employees. Again, continued to validate, validate just kept it refining the city. And um, we grew it out over two and a half, three years. So three years later, we raised over hundreds of thousands, like 800,000 euro. Uh, we had tens of thousands of monthly active users, transacted millions, um, hundreds of restaurant partners in Ireland and multiple cities that are really happy with the product. And we've got a, one thing that we're really, really kind of proud of out of it all is, is how strong the product stayed out over time, how much people loved it and how much people stay with the product. That people, this is a product that people, it's not something that would, it's not a type of product where like Airbnb or something like that, where you'd use it maybe once a year, but this is how this, the product would be so strong, so strong that people would use it every day. Because um, that's the type of product it is. People order their lunch or their coffee, especially when they're it, working in business districts. It's something you use every day with to make it so good. It, it, it was, um, it was, it worked for that behavior, and we did that. We nailed that. We our average user was so was was so uh, for, was so frequent. That's pretty interesting because, like, like you said, like I'm surprised nobody else has done this before. Like, is that yeah. is that actually true? Nobody has ever thought of that idea. I want, maybe no, they no, thought so about now, it, now, now, now there's a lot more competition. Yeah, I think yeah. when we started, the the only competition we saw was Starbucks. Um, that, right. In the states, they had just they had just launched like an order ahead on their app. But and, that's just um, coffee. That's just coffee, and that's actually where I started. Was like the, the problem was to solve coffee, and I was kind of stubborn. Like this has to be you have to solve the coffee problem first because it's the high frequency problem. Um, and then when we saw that, so we, that was a bit of validation for us, like obviously they're transacting billions of dollars. This is obviously a need that, that, that's out there for their, an operational need that they had to solve. Um, and I think at that point they were, it was like one or 2% of their business was, was through the app, which mm. it, it might not sound like a lot, but it's still hundreds of millions of dollars probably. Um, and uh, we we're okay, okay, this is, this is enough validation for us, those kind of things. And then other competitors came up from there. You can see that the competitors over the, over the last few years and there's companies that have raised hundreds of millions of dollars in our space that are going after the same problem as us. Hmm. And like when you were in school, what did you want to do? Like were you always interested in like setting up your company and being an entrepreneur or like did you have any other kind of things or ideas you wanted to work on? Um, I, I worked throughout school. I, I, I didn't have, I, I always worked. I always had a job, but I was never, and that was probably like that 
bit of an entrepreneur, a bit of a part of me where I was always going to find a way to, to, to make some money. Mm. Um, but I never thought, uh, I never thought about like this making big reciting companies as what I would do. I actually wanted to be a pilot. Actually, for the last year, when I was doing my leaving, so I was actually tr- uh, going through the process to become an air corps cadet. They mm. had two cadets in, I think, every two years. And I was process and I wanted to, I wanted to uh, that was my way of becoming an airline pilot because it was the cheapest way of doing it, it was, you know, they trained you in, uh, as a military pilot and then go on to commercial pilot to be commercial pilot and uh, I, I didn't get in uh, I, I got kind of far but I didn't get as far as, a, as, a, as a, to actually get into the get it become a cadet and um, I just went well, I picked uh, a course on my CEO which is marketing and probably within my first year of marketing, I realized I was, uh, this is something I want to do for a really long time. I really enjoyed, um, I, like my, I, 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 I was kind of fascinated by, by consumer behavior, how people, how people behave, why people transact, how people make these buying decisions. So that was one of the reasons why I wanted to specialize in marketing over, say, a business course. And uh, I just spent a ton of time, not just in the course, like learning about marketing, but even outside the course. It was something I, I became passionate about, which makes things a lot easier to, to learn about, a lot easier to become good at. Um, and from there, I I went on and uh, I started a marketing company, as I mentioned. I started a marketing company with a friend of mine because I saw this gap in the hospitality, hospitality space still, um, where there was a lot of, it was, it was social, was, social was getting more and more visual, it was becoming more and more specialized so you had like likes of instagram and, and snapchat and, and and the likes that were kind of key parts of, of of growing your online presence and a lot of companies didn't know how to do it very well um, as well as things like like video and uh, and and video uh, and, and imagery and, and, and websites were just done not uh, very very well you can find mm. pdf menus on, on websites you have to download to read uh, so we built websites we built we did content we managed social and that was something that was a way for me kind of cut my teeth kind of operating a bit and project managing so that was that was the kind of first part where i was like okay yeah this is something i could do for uh, uh, the rest of my life and uh, that got that kind of that entrepreneurial drug where i just wanted to keep moving and going faster and what else are you passionate about so like you you obviously found a passion for marketing do you have any other passions besides marketing and what else are you passionate about? Because this podcast is about passion. A passion. It is called Chasing Passion after all. And I'm just curious to know what other passions do you have or do you follow and so on? So I kind of out of that, like, so I figured out like that I had like this area of passion, which is like growth and marketing and, and, and business. But it's, it, into that, I became super passionate about like, just like product, like design and things that I, that I had to go and focus on when the company that I, that I, that thankfully I enjoyed. Uh, otherwise, it may not have gone so well. Um, the other things in business, I suppose, are the things that are, that are, that will get me a wage at the end of every month. Um, well, that's how that's things like obviously passionate about like things like like sports. I'm a, I'm a Chelsea fan. I'm a football fan. Like that's my downtime um, on the weekend is is, is is watching my team. Um, I used to be really passionate about mountain biking, but I had to actually when I started the company. Actually, when I was in college, actually I had to sell my mountain bike and just and and and, uh, and and kind of give up that passion. That's something I want to get back into. I'm actually starting to get back into. So it's it's mad how life works like that, where you've got to give up one passion to focus on another passion. Yeah. Just there's only such a finite amount of time, and you got to be better, man. Yeah, absolutely. And is there anything that comes to mind when you think of things that you're excited about? Or just eager to explore. Um, I've, like, I don't know. I suppose the one thing that I've become more and more excited about is market, marketplaces because it's such a hard thing to crack. Uh, so what we were building in Bamboo was a marketplace where you have to have 
supply and that demand if the chicken and egg problem. So anything I kind of want to do next, I think I'd really be interested in doing it around marketplaces, actually building, building a kind of understanding the network effect of, of, of a product. And, and 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 how do you get that? How do you, how do you get uh, the ball moving in it with with with, with uh, any sort of kind of any sort of type of business that involves that kind of marketplace dynamic? Um, so that's something I've been researching a ton while I've had more time in my hands. Um, and I think the next company I actually join will be a, will be a marketplace company that's not in the same space as me, but it's uh, it's even more reliant on. Uh, on, 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 on building up supply and demand in a certain way and, be, and, and be, being very particular about how you do it. The way Bamboo was, it was very hyper-local, so it was, it was very location-based, um, where you had restaurants or cafes that you had to have built up in a certain area to add value to the user, and if the user didn't see a certain number of these, these, these the supply around and, the, and supply positioned in a certain way and, and, and presented in a certain way, they would probably churn and wouldn't have success. Same thing goes for, it's kind of similar to what I'm building, I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in on now, where it's it's uh, it's hyper-local, but it's moving and the supply will churn very, very quickly if the demand doesn't, uh, um, if, the, if the demand isn't, isn't, isn't actually, isn't supplying them with any sort of liquidity, because there's liquidity in the marketplace, if there's no liquidity, uh, they'll churn. So that's something that I'm, I'm, I'm more and more interested in and delving into. Um, that's just something that's, Interests me a lot. Um, health is healthcare is kind of uh, something that's that's become popping up more and more with COVID. Um, people going and solving some of the world's biggest problems right now, like ventilators. Never pro- was probably wasn't something that everyone seemed to to need three months ago, four months ago. Now it is the hottest thing on the planet because it's saving yeah. lives, um, and people are trying to find ways to 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 design and build ventilators at scale. Um, but with anything and everything and open sourcing it. So I think that's really, really interesting. And um, they're the types of things that, that are, are, I like to research into and spend my time and sort of work on and, and look at more. Um, but yeah, there's, a, there's I, I, also try, I also try to get a gauge on that. I probably should spend more time on things that don't aren't involved in business or aren't, uh, I, want, I should probably take a step a step away from uh, Twitter or, or 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 what I'm what I'm doing every uh, kind of between nine to, nine to five and focus elsewhere and give your brain a break. Mm. And you kind of uh, leads to the point of you being the CEO of Bamboo, and then you step down. Why mm. did you make that decision? Um, so, like, just with any kind of startup, there's a, always a point where you can where where you've kind of tried everything to get to the next stage, and maybe you had a vision of what what you wants to be. Um, and for me, I wanted Bamboo to be in every city in Europe and and yeah. and, uh, and be at a larger scale. Uh, we tried a lot to get to that point, and just some things didn't, didn't get us there, but we still built a successful company out of it. Um, for me, I, talk, I, found, I think I took it to a stage as far as I could take it. Um, and now we've had, I had the opportunity to kind of step away from that at the end of last year and, and have uh, kind of our, kind of other, uh, some of our investors come in and, and, and take a larger rein on it, which is great because um, they can continue to invest in the company and, and take it forward and, there, and then maybe a little bit of a different direction. Um, so that also was sitting on my mind for a while that it, I was getting to a point where it's kind of uh, trying to go pat my head against the wall where uh, there's only so far I could take it and was try- couldn't get past that. Um, and I always had this idea of like what I wanted to do next and what's the next kind of step. So three, after three and a half years of, of, of building that up to some, from, from zero to one, uh, it's kind of what is the next thing on my journey now? So what am I, what, what do I want to get my teeth, my teeth look into and uh, drive my passion and my energy towards? I like the term zero to one, Peter Thiel, right? <laughs> yeah um and um like what what are the next steps for you then what are you currently doing now 
Uh, so it took about two months off to get my mind and my health back in a, a good running a, running a company is uh, an extremely stressful thing. You have gray hairs by the time you're 24, <laughs> <laughs> just to, with how much it takes out of you. Um, only getting the dark circles under my eyes away now. Um, but um, burnout, that, 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 finally kind of getting out of burnout and being able to have that energy and that motivation to go again has, has been awesome. Um, and kind of being refined to one room in your house for uh, the foreseeable future is also allows you to be a bit more productive. Um, just from 8 a.m. to what, like 7, 8, 9 o'clock, and just sitting in front of the screen, and you just go, 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 and you're moving on, moving on to the next thing. So I'm consulting for some companies at the moment doing interesting things. And then I'll probably start my new role in um, a company that I probably shouldn't announce just yet until um, until uh, is it until June, which is uh, one of the largest European startups in Europe, one of the largest startups in Europe, uh, building another company that are launching in Ireland. So I'm I'll be kind of leading the charge for that, which I'm really looking forward to. And you mentioned, you know, starting a company is a lot of stress, and I can like I haven't started a company myself, but I can only imagine that it is. But why is it so stressful? Like, what are the kind of things you have to manage and just and so on? This is just to give some context to people who want to start their own companies but aren't sure if it's for them. So I guess the reason for me asking that question just for people to, you know, see, oh, do I actually want to deal with this stress in my life? Think of this, what's the most stressful thing in your life right now? Um, I don't know. Not, not feeling stressed at the moment, but I would say college assignments. Okay, so say college assignments. Say so you've got like 20 college assignments that are due tomorrow right and they're all they're all they're all they're kind of small fires that are burning around you and they're always there and they and you're and it's kind of like a water for ducks back for you and then you've got i don't know maybe you've got uh something even way more stressful hopefully it's not hopefully it's, it's not too bad but even something way more stressful that's like usually your priority that's just you're, you're when you're running a, a company or running a startup there's never not fires burning there's never not something in your inbox that's scares the crap out of you and puts extra pressure on um whether it's anything from not knowing how to pay staff wages at the end of the month or deals fall through that are completely readjust how the company has to work um you have your own expectation of yourself of where things should be and maybe not, them not being there um like that's the thing like you, you you're working your ass off getting the office 8 a.m and you're leaving 11 12 one o'clock in the morning and and you're thinking, Jesus, why am I doing this? And why am I building such a difficult business to build sometimes? Um, but you, you, that's the point where you kind of realize is what you want to do for the rest of life because you're able to get to that point and still enjoy it and still uh, and, and, and put, every, put your mental health and your physical health on the line and take years off your life to do it. Um, and listen, the outcomes can be immense and they can be success, you can be successful and the outcomes can be like just learning and sometimes it doesn't work out to the extent you want it to work out um either way it's uh, uh it'll it, it, it's uh, it's usually worth it <laughs> for if, you, if you're in it for the right reasons um but it's the toughest thing you'll ever do and um and that's what i'm and, and thankfully i did it with people that I, that uh were re- resilient and were able to kind of stick along with me on the journey um and that's the thing when you're building a startup at an early stage too it's different when you're going from five to ten people versus like 50 to 200 people. That's a completely different journey. My journey is from, was taking it, was, was working with people that very much understood the, what they were getting into. We were very much understood that this is a startup journey. Things uh, change and, and you have to be willing to adapt. Um, and I was just happy to have those people to, and were able to adapt and move. And when an obstacle gets put in their, put in their way, they go, okay, and, 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 
and 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 jump on it and find another way and find a way to uh, and find a way to get around it. Just as people in the company, just not 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 just as employees, not as the CEO of the company, have kind of leaders in their own department who are able to kind of take weight off, take weight off the CEO's shoulders. Um, and thankfully, I had them, and thankfully that they're they're still there because I don't know where we. And when you were working as a CEO um, in Bamboo, uh, what did your typical day look like? So when you came into the office and by the time you left, like what did that period of time look in between? Uh, on a typical week, you know, every day is different, of course, but just on a typical week. So people get an idea of what it's actually like to work at a startup. Yeah, so I really want to know. So I would probably get into the office before. I would always get a train uh, before... Uh, peak time because I hated getting on my busy train at 10. Um, I've arrived in the office around 8, eight o'clock. I would get in, get through email at that point. Or, or actually, I'd bring it back. I'd start at right. I would, I would start at 7 where I'd go to my local cafe, start email, uh, hop on a train around uh, half 7. I'd be in town about eight, half 8. Then I'd be finishing up emails. Then from half 8 to about lunchtime is usually where calls and email, uh, calls, meetings uh, would usually happen. Uh, lunchtime is lunchtime. Then uh, the rest of the day is usually spent with the team for the last five hours, six hours of the day, um, where you have people in the office and can and you can you can do internal meetings and you can you can get work done um, and progress things in house. And then at, at the end of the day, from half five, six, seven um, to whatever time you've got the office yourself, and you can get through kind of the grunt work, the stuff that needs to be uh, to need, you need time to focus on. That was usually what my days looked like. Um, and that's where and that, that was kind of a dangerous point where I didn't where, where that was I always set that time aside to like get through things and it was usually never ending things so you don't really leave the office till, till like seven eight nine ten o'clock sometimes so yeah that was usually what my day looked like for five days wow. a week and then and then on uh, um, on weekends I would just means the weekend was kind of similar it just means I didn't have to go into the office or set alarm clock so I would wake up around nine ten o'clock and then go and situate myself in a coffee shop for five or six hours and get through all the stuff I didn't get through the week before. But you were obviously enjoying the work. Like it wasn't like it was just miserable every day. Like you were enjoying your work. That's all I thought about. Okay. And what advice would you give to a younger self? So a younger self, Luke, who's just about to start Bamboo, what advice would you give him? Um, I'd say have more confidence in yourself, your ability. Um, I think one thing that is good to have is, is, is when you're making decisions, always look for other people's opinions and, and try and reassure yourself. And, uh, but just also just be reassured in yourself. That's one thing. Mm. And take care of yourself too, because I burnt out every three months to a point where it's just not, it's not healthy. Like I cut things out, like I said earlier, like when you kind of focus on one passion, like you tend to cut out things out of your life that you probably shouldn't cut out of your life. Um, like and plenty of times I cut things out of my life that were like probably beneficial to me. Uh, whether it was friends, whether it was exercise, whether it was just like general health things that you pro- that if you're taking away from that, it's probably going to end up affecting you and what you do as a CEO and how you run your company. And you're not really optimizing yourself to do what really, really to kind of be the best you can be during those hours. Um, so that's one thing. I definitely say like trying to put a better element of work-life balance, better element of exercise and health into your life. Mm-hmm. That's something I've learned now a lot more as well. Sleep is way more important than you think. Getting four hours of sleep for six months is not a good thing. <laughs> it destroys your brain, mm. and uh, you don't want to be going into uh, you don't want to be you don't want to be going into your in, into kind of high intensity days at 
like 20% of cognition of what you could be um, because that's just grossly it, it's like a, the wrong thing to do. Um, these are things you learn. Yeah, you come better at Yeah, and I'm so glad you mentioned that because I, I do strongly believe that you should always prioritize your health and that does actually include family that doesn't include friends relationships and so on because like what's more important than your health and then like yes you you have a reduced amount of time to work on your startup or your business but like at least you're functioning well at least you know you're not going to have gray hairs by the age of 24 like you said i think that's so important so so you're saying if you were younger self you would prioritize these things first and then you would kind of work on uh, yeah, the bamboo stuff the first thing I was think of thinking of when I got out of the bed in the morning was email. Really? Wrong. Yeah, it's the last thing you think about when you go to bed as well. Um, and then when there's certain points in the business where there's things that are working in certain time zones, which is just really bad, <laughs> having your phone where you're getting up in the middle of the night at 3, 4 a.m. And, and replying to email because you think that's the most important thing to do when it's, when it's not. Uh, and that's just like, it completely destroys yourself, completely destroys your body, completely destroys your your, your uh, your, your cognition so yeah that, that's one thing as well I just put your phone in a different area of your house and so you can't get to it before you go to sleep um, exercising before you go to bed or exercising at some point in the day or in the morning first time, first thing you do is make an exercise because it's probably the hardest thing you'll do all day and it clears your mind mm. yeah because like wh- what you said to me like you know you working that much that scares the shit out of me because like I want to go into that field as well I want to like I have a lot of passions, a lot of ideas I want to work on. And, you know, it's obviously going to require work. But, like, just, like, waking up before in the morning replying to emails, that just, no, that well, doesn't appeal the, to me. The things that I just, you just get so uh, ingrained in the business that you, uh, you can't, you, 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 you prioritize that stuff and it shouldn't be prioritized. Mm. Um, know yourself um, where your focus should be and how you, you, hand, how you, hand, how you handle uh kind of stress and how you uh, and how you because me handling stress was me thinking that i had to go and reply that email or 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 see the answer to the email or whatever it was at that time in the morning that's the only thing that was on my mind yeah Uh, so important to me because that was like a lot of this time these are things that like the business wrote on the stuff episode well look it, it it led you to places which is amazing to see and how did the name bamboo actually where did it actually come from um, so we had went through like a, a kind of a random list of names when we were starting up. Right. And, okay. Uh, name Bamboo was the only one, myself and Alan, we basically had a little focus group of our friends where we'd uh, come up with a name that we both agreed on. And then we'd have like three or four WhatsApp groups of friends. We just like, what do you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> we, we weren't too fussed on the name as well. We just wanted to be, we just wanted a name that we could, um, that was marketable. People remember, um, could make a good, nice logo off the back of it. Um, and bamboo was that. Um, it also meant that we weren't ref- confined to one kind of product. We wanted, like, we had this idea of what we wanted to build, like now, and wanted to validate now. But we also had like the ideas we wanted to build in three, four, five, ten years time. What we wanted to build this company by, and that was the vision we had. Um, and it definitely just wasn't like ordering lunch or coffee. It was way beyond that. Um, so we wanted to make sure our name didn't lock us down to that, and we didn't have to change our name and we could build a brand from the start. Hmm. I know bamboo has obviously nothing to do with what we built though. So yeah, I'm <laughs> no, just thinking is like, is there some sort of metaphor behind bamboo? Does it grow or something? I don't know. I was just thinking like, whoa, whoa, where did the name come from? But yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, obviously raising money and finances is a difficult part of a startup. Uh, could you just tell us about your experience with that? Yeah, of course. 
Um, so we actually got our first investor. We got our first investor in Bampu who um, through our app. So we actually came through the support function on our app. Mm. And that's just for coffee. Um, but one thing to do when you're when you're a student, especially and you're raising money, or if you're building a startup as a student, is use on use the fact that you're a student as much as you possibly can. So get talk to journalists, try and get free press, press try and get uh, people to talk about you, because um, that'll help. That'll go, that goes along. That goes a long way. Get gets eyes and it creates a network of people who know about you. Um, but raising money is really tough in Ireland for what I was doing was because it was a consumer startup. Um, and Ireland's such a small market that there doesn't tend to be many successful consumer startups come out of Ireland um, because you're very much locked to an island of people um, unless you move, unless you expand outside of it quickly. Um, so I, we, 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 we were able to raise, we raised a half a million euro 2018 um, and that was kind of our seed round. That was our kind of our smaller seed round. But we very quickly wanted to raise kind of a larger Series A um, out and the only really way to do that was outside of Ireland. So we were speaking to funds in, in the UK um, and and trying to raise from European funds too, because they had they had um, they had they had growth capital that was would fit the bill for the type of business we were building. But because we weren't in the large market, which was like London or or, or Paris or any of the larger cities around Europe, where you really have to see traction for these funds to to, to know they can you can do this at scale. If a lot of them, we, we, we didn't get as far as we, we, we probably would have liked to there. Um, so like we, we, maybe one of the things to look back is, like, hey, boy, maybe we should have launched in London a little bit earlier. Um, maybe we, we, we had fantastic metrics in Ireland. Like we were able to show that we built like a really, really world-class product in Ireland in an early stage and we held on to customers. Um, but just the metrics, if you were able to take those metrics and say that this, this is now launched in London, this is now launched in Canary Wharf for shortage, it would have been a different story, I think. Hmm. and when you got the funds how did you actually end up spending the funds like was it just because i'm just curious like were you spending on office space were you spending on employees like how does that whole process work beanie bags um <laughs> most no, important we, part we, we actually were really good in the fact that we probably 90 percent of our our burn was on employees all the time it was just on on staff um we didn't spend much money on office space. We were able to, we like we were, our office space was way cheaper than what normal startup office space was. Uh, we didn't spend that much money on marketing. And when we did, uh, we had that we knew when to pull back. Um, and we, and, and that was that we, we, and we, uh, we were good in terms of like, we didn't spend on stupid things either. We didn't, there was nothing you can look back in like, Oh, you blew. 20 grand on that on that campaign that didn't really go anywhere like we, we were i think we we're looking back like we, we, we were quite efficient uh, especially in the, in the especially now we are we've kept things quite lean we're always we always operate in that lean startup mode um our team were not overpaid our team are underpaid if anything we were able to uh we, we our team were motivated by the mission and were able to hang on through that and they were motivated in other ways too um but yeah like we, that's where startup that's where startup capital really should be going in the early stages just to get talent it should be spent on talent until you're ready to grow and then you've got growth capital to to spend on, on things like marketing and building out sales teams and commission and things like that and how do you go about finding talent out there do you just kind of like well yeah how does that whole process work it's really tough to hire people in the early stage startup. um the best people that i've probably hired are people that have come to me or people that i've known in my network mm. um the, the, like that's probably the best way we've ever hired is by using people we know. Where we, where we like we the, the more and more people myself and Alan knew, the 
easier it was to hire because we'd we know the most connected people would be like, hey, we're hiring for this role. I don't want yeah. this type of person. Uh, know anyone? And they're like, oh, let me come back to you. I might know somebody want to put some feelings out. Like, okay, this, reach out to this guy. This guy might be good. Um, like, it depends on the role you're really hiring for. Everyone's different. So like, developers are, are, are hard to find. The right ones are hard to find. They can get paid uh, working anyone. So lucky for you, you're, so, you're, you're, you're doing software development. You'll probably get paid. You'll find a company pretty easy and they'll get paid pretty well. Um, so it's hard to find software developers that want to go and work in startups because they can go and work in HubSpot, Intercom, uh, Google, or any of these companies and, and, and earn a really nice living um, without doing massive amounts of stress. Um, the start time, type of developers you end up hiring are the people who really are obsessed with building product. I want to see that product out there used by people. Um, so they're the types of developers we look for. Like we, the, 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 the type of developers that we, that we end up hiring are, are excited to see people like look at dashboards and see, okay, I, I built that feature and now I can see that I was engaging with it and using it and they're using it every day. This is cool. Rather than just like shipping a piece of code and not really knowing where it goes. Um, so that, they're the type of people you want to hire on the dev side. Uh, when it comes to like salespeople, marketers, operations people, you're really looking for generalists at that point when they're really early on. You're trying to find someone who can like adapt and move across different areas of the business. I can, for fact tell you that anyone in the kind of be uh, in the biz ops side of the company has worked in all different aspects of whether it's marketing sales operations customer support customer success account management they've all kind of you you, you would kind of know that it, you know each of those functions well enough to jump in um and they're the, and they're really hard people to find they're kind of generalist people who who um are just problem solvers and entrepreneurial and and and, and can adapt to kind of any uh kind of function or be really quick learners to jump in mm. and do that because in in kind of a in, a in a startup you're gonna need that you're gonna you may not you may uh, lose someone and they may, you may have to have people jump in and kind of take on other people's roles and and that happens all the time and when it, they're hard to find but the kind of people that do you, you do and when you do find them they actually kind of come to you and they kind of pitch you and like, okay listen this is where we want to get involved and i think i value this way this is what i've done um well, for example, that's what I, that's what I've seen success from. That's what they're, they're some of the people I've hired, um, and they've worked out really well, really well. And what kind of questions do you ask people when you hire them, or about to hire them? Um, yes, I'm kind of trying to put myself back in my like hiring boot, shoes, but uh, um, kind of like I think coming back to some of the questions you're asking, what motivates you? Like, what is what? What are you interested in? What are you driven by? Um, just get an overview kind of yeah what, what do you think is, what do you think is uh, what, what, what opinions do you have that you think other people don't have or that mm. other people don't have that kind of stuff uh, why do you think this is what why not like regardless of bamboo or, or our mission why do you think this space is interesting what things can happen in this space in five ten years just so they can th- they, you know they have opinions on, on this and they're not just uh, they're not going to come in and look for a nine to five because you know it's really, really not really what you want at that stage you want people who uh who are mission driven? Who have an, have an idea of where the space is going, and, and, and kind, of, kind of have a chip on their shoulder to go and uh, be the and, and build top company in that space? You do want subs, you want to you, you want to have people that have to approve too. So you want to you want to people that want, are, want, are coming into your business and be like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'm not I'm, I'm not just trying to I, I'm not going to give up on the first hurdle and uh, and say approve myself and sit back and take a wage and uh, I've gotten kind of some credit there. Like you want people who are constantly trying to push the boundaries and and and, uh, and kind of excel themselves and prove things to themselves not just you yeah that makes sense and when it comes to like your biggest kind of failures or things or the challenge you encountered in the past um what were they what kind of lessons did you take away from them? 
um, I'd say like it's not like one failure. There's multiple failures. There's failures every day. There's things that don't work out every day. Um, whether it's hires, whether it's sales that you, that, that are pitches that have fallen through, whether it's investment pitches that have fallen through, um, whether it's acquisitions that have fallen through, whether it's many other things you can sit back and as a failure, but mm. you don't really, you just don't think like that. You just learn from these things. Maybe it's like, come back to the, to, to raising money in, in, in Europe. Like I wish we raised money in Europe and I wish we, we did more to do that. Um, and there's things I look back at now and say, okay, maybe if we uh, moved a little quicker into this market and if I moved over myself and just ran the market myself, these are things like, okay, maybe I left this option on the table. If, 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 if I stay, if I, if I, if I ran with this six months earlier, the company could have been in a completely different position or we could have, the vision could have, could have changed. That kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that I would look back at as kind of a failure for me, or if you want to call it that, or, or, or learning that I wish I, um, that I will definitely not do in the next time. Like starting a company in Ireland, this type of company in Ireland, I had no way of knowing at 22 or 21 that when I was starting the company that the market dynamics, or maybe I should have, but maybe the market dynamics of consumer uh, fundraising um, of how certain companies act or how, how, how fundraising works for, 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 for consumer market marketplaces. Next time, if I'm building a company, whether it's B2B or consumer, it'll probably be in the States because the investment, the capital there is, is, a, is probably yeah. a little, and the market's also is very, very large just in one, just in one, in, in one country. So like thinking about it, like, is it way easier to launch a company in the U S compared to Ireland? Obviously, cause you know, the market is bigger and there's more venture capital and so on. It depends on the type of business. Um, it's cheaper to launch a company in Ireland, um, in certain parts of Ireland, or in, compared to certain parts of America, at least. If you're launching a company in San Francisco, like if we could have burned through the type of money we raised in three to six months in San Francisco compared to us like being able to have much <clears throat> have much longer runway out of it. So it really depends on the business trying to build. There's also the, the opportunity to build a company in Ireland, but also sell them to the States and to be able to keep your costs down that way. Um, that's why a lot of companies or a lot of VCs are now investing outside of San Francisco in, in, in America. They're investing in, in like Portland and Texas and things like that because the cost to run the business is a lot cheaper. Mm. And like, what about the likes of crowdfunding and stuff like that, like Kickstarter, for example? Is that a useful way to um, get money? Uh, yeah, it depends on how it depends. It really does depend on the business as well. Mm. Uh, Right, you want to you want to have a very direct consumer product that you your end the end like the investors or the people who are investing in the company would want to use themselves or can use themselves. Um, as well, you do want to have a certain amount of that um, that capital that's going to be invested committed upfront. So, if you're raising hundred grand, for example, you probably want to have like fifty grand, sixty grand of that already committed going into that fundraise because that creates that element of like fear of missing out from 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 the, the investors. Or see, or it also crazy on the momentum. Okay, these guys are going to raise that. There's obviously something behind them, and they and uh, I'll invest because the risk is lower. So instead of starting off at zero, yeah, that makes sense. And looking like, what would you say is your favorite part about your work? Well, the work you did in Bamboo and you continue to do. Uh, just I know there's a lot of things you enjoy about it, but is there like a one thing that you really, really enjoy doing? Um, oh, every I have I take like satisfaction from every element um, of the business, whether it's growth and building out growth campaigns or building out uh, like kind of growth plans for the product, or understanding how we're going to like, say change a referral campaign or 
or a new customer acquisition campaign, like, or whether it's uh, sales and actually you walk away from a, say, a sale, and you know, we've got it. It's like, it's such a great feeling. And that's mm. like that. And when you're not doing that kind of stuff, you, when you're doing, not doing that stuff on the regular, and you kind of jump back into that stuff um, in the business, it, there is, it's, you get a nice kind of buzz out of that. Um, but one thing I'm probably walking away from Bamboo in particular with is product management that, or, 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 or product design. Um, that probably things like they, that's a that's a skill or, or a facet to my wheelhouse. I didn't really have going into going into bamboo. It's something that I developed while I was in there and building it. So that's something I'm doing now more and more. Like I'm consulting on product now for companies, um, and that's all because of what I did in in, in bamboo. And I was just and I only and the only reason I did it was because I taught myself because we didn't have a product person. Um, so we needed to go and develop product and build product ourselves and figure out how to do that. Um, so yeah, that, that's something I probably walk away and I enjoy doing. It doesn't feel like work at all. It's just, uh, it's just, um, just fascinating. Yeah, it's just you get, you get excited uh, by building things people want to use. And like, how does the whole cause, like product management is something I'm very interested in as well, and like on product design in general. Um, how did the whole like how does the whole process work of product management, product design? Like, what do you actually do? Like, how does it how does it all work for someone who doesn't have to do what it is and what it does? It's like, the, think of it as building products within products. Uh, right. You have you have a problem. You have uh, an or you have an idea. Or you have a problem that you're trying to solve. You do a ton of research before you really do anything. You really do much about it or build it because then it could be wasted. You understand if uh, you understand if the, you try to understand if the solution you're building. Um, is is the right solution to build and you design it and you design it in obviously the most user-friendly and uh, the most interactable and engageable way possible um, to solve that problem and uh, you then you test it and then you sit back and see if people are using it and if people are satisfied with it and, um, and use data and use customer feedback and then go again and iterate until it's to a point where you're really, really happy with it and you can move on to the next thing. Yeah. And what about dislikes? Is there anything that you really dislike about what you do, or yeah, what are the <laughs> what's the shit sandwich? The shit sandwich. The shit sandwich. I, like, so you're really talking about management there. The shit sandwich is uh, is is I suppose trying to to manage people and trying to get people um, to I suppose to a point where you're where they become where where you you have them working to an expectation of that you have them maybe. Mm. Um, you're talking about the shit sandwich. You're talking about like, hey, I really like that idea I had, and thanks for running it that way. But that's not the really good way of doing it, or that's not the way I I I, uh, I kind of want you to do it, or this could be done better. And that's kind of where you feel the negative part with it, and then you finish it with right. a, uh, a a a. But listen, it was a good shot, and uh, you, you nearly got there. But maybe next time, that kind of stuff. But obviously, you wouldn't say it just in that way. But um, management, something management is tough. Um, but it's uh, it's really rewarding too. So um that's one maybe one thing that's kind of the the, the negative things the really negative thing is it really thing that really sucks is fundraising no one no one enjoys fundraising <laughs> that's mm. awful, awful it's constantly selling your soul to, 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 to try and get capital for your company um yeah that's a tough part that's there's nothing i don't really really hate though this that you wouldn't be doing it otherwise um yeah of course now, again i guess something i want to do for the rest of my life so i have i have no problem go jumping back into that kind of stuff and um, you just get better at it and what kind of useful tools, websites, um, resources um, that you that, that that are useful and you use on a regular basis, on a daily basis, pretty much? Do anything? Um, does anything come to mind? 
Not really. Like this, I constantly listen to podcasts, listening to people's stories, listening to people, like how other people, other founders or, or um, builders have co- have come through their uh, their journey to have their failures, and then they're kind of they're um, they're kind of just their successful moment. Their overnight success is usually never an overnight success, as you know. And you listen to a ton of people's stories about it. That they're always they're always great. Um, if, you, if you want to kind of go into there's multiple, there's obviously tons of different websites and, and uh, knowledge bases out there for particular um, fields. So whether it's growth or whether it's de- de- development or whether it's design or anything like that or sales, there's hundreds, there's hundreds of different uh, tools for that. Um, something I'm even, something I'm looking at right now is building with uh, someone that I, that I work with in Bamboo. Um, it's actually just, is it something for that? It's like a direct, is it is, is almost a knowledge base for, for founders or CEOs. Um, tailored very much towards the time we're in right now in, in during coronavirus um, because listen, I was building a company through a difficult period but I can't think of any other difficult period than building a company through than right now where, uh, where the economy is essentially shut down and people aren't spending money and company businesses are going out of, over uh, are, are having to turn off overnight um, and as a founder that can't be any more overwhelming or stressful than than uh, and I kind of manage. And so what I've started with a friend of mine is something called wartimefounder.com, um, which will be a kind of a community for founders to jump in and ask questions and do AMAs and um, as well as a knowledge base. So you can search, okay, listen, I'm, I'm, I want to understand of how, how do I reposition myself, how to reposition the finance of the company during a, during a crisis. And you'll find either an article or a template on that. Um, or how do I manage layoffs during a time, during a, like this how what's the best way to strategically do that do i lay off do i do partial layoffs do i do, do i do free hire uh freeze hiring do i do it this way and there's gonna be obviously knowledge base from someone who's in the space who has experience with this and has really good ideas on it um you will find it there um so that's something kind of kind of a side project i've been doing a couple of hours a day for the last week and i probably want to release it by the by in, the, in the next week um but yeah um there, that, that stuff's really helpful there's also something called uh uh, what's it called first round search so that's really helpful too it's kind of like a knowledge based type thing where you're curating articles and you can search for okay I want to understand uh, I, I'm, I'm hiring at the moment I want to know what the best practice for hiring or um, uh, we're, sale, we're doing sales in, in the US what's the best or in a certain territory US doing B2B sales or something like that whatever the, what you're searching for it's uh, you can find a knowledge base of, 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 of good articles and, and curated uh, content on, 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 on a certain topic and you also mentioned podcasts. Do any podcasts come to mind that you listen to often? If we can startups by Jason Kalinkanis, uh, Eric Kalakanis, um, Master of Scale, How We Built This, the Intercom Podcast. That's good. What else? I'm listening to Acquired as well. Currently listening to the Uber story, which is really, really good. Um, what else? Then I'm listening to a lot of podcasts that just aren't business podcasts uh, as well. It's probably not worth. Yeah, that, that's kind of the key ones that I listen to at the moment. But there's a lot of kind of individual episodes that I find on certain people. Like say, I want to listen to a, a certain founder or something like that and he's in a certain podcast, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go and listen to that one. Um, yeah, like also audiobooks. Like there's tons of good audiobooks out there if you're building a company. If they're kind of, as you said, it's zero to one from uh, Peter Thiel. So here, like, there's probably like, three to five kind of books you should start off with if you're building a business. Um, another one that I would recommend and I always recommend is, and it's 
I always refer back to it if you're managing people, is um, the hard thing about hard things. Hard thing about hard things by um, Andre or about uh, from Ben Horowitz. That's probably the best management book I've ever read, and it's something I can you can refer back to as uh, there's so much in it that you can go that you can refer back to as you're building business. And do any other books come to mind? Because uh, you said there's three to five, so maybe you can okay, uh, yeah, tell us right. what the three to five books are. <laughs> and yeah, I'll, I'll link these all in the show notes as well, so if you go on the website, you'll find all these links there. Okay. Uh, the Hard Thing About Hard Things, definitely one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Obstacle is the Way. Um, zero to One is a good one. The Lean Startup is a good one. And I say Mastery as well by Robert Greene. And who do you look for, like, who do you follow for advice? Is there, like, is there any kind of people that you look up to for advice and just uh, um, if, again, Back to, like, people who, have, who are masters in different domains. So, mm-hmm. like, whether it, if, like, good, some good blogs that I have, like, good blogs that I'd follow for, um, for certain kind of elements of the business, things I'm interested in. So, um, if you want to kind of talk about a high level, blogs that I follow will be Andrew Chen's blog on growth um, and there is a blog I follow from a guy called it's, a, it's all on marketplaces Lenny Rakitsky um, I'll link I'll send you a link after this but that's all about it. he's he covers different topics every week that have anything to do with product growth marketing management and um, but one the reason I got hooked on him was he put out a really good series on marketplaces that, that I uh, got hooked on mm. um, other than that, just people that I would know who are founders who have done things that I respect that I would refer back to as advisors. They're the people that I would, that I would, uh, probably closest to me when it comes to, um, people I look up to. Um, not necessarily people who are in the public eye always. And then when it comes to skills, like what kind of skills are needed, uh, for someone to become an entrepreneur? Like what, what are the kind of skills that come to mind? resilience absolutely thick skin resilience um ability to adapt um probably the key the three key or the key one is, is definitely being able to get shot at multiple times and <laughs> still moving forward yeah definitely um sales is probably an extremely strong skill to have as a entrepreneur because you're constantly selling your vision um it depends on the product you're building but having or, or, or the business you're building but a good idea of product is important um knowing that it's not you can't just you can't sell crap you gotta actually be able to sell something that has some value and um yeah probably sales good idea and product and um and really really thick skin Mm. and what kind of advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs so if you could give like one to three pieces of advice or very practical advice that people who want to start a business can use uh, do any tips come to mind? Stop hesitating and jump in. Um, you'll only learn, and that's where you really figure out if you want to do the do it or not. There's no mm. point of don't 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 uh, don't sit an idea for long. If you want to go build it, go build it. Uh, put everything you can into it. But when you do go build it, you do have to put everything you can into it. Otherwise, you'll leave things on the table. Um, and you're just going to get better and better the, the more you go. You know, just in, you're, you're, there's certain skills you're. you're actually born with this you want to call it but there's a lot of skills you develop um over time and no one ever and the other thing is like everyone started where you were like and the, like you, you you it's probably this a ton of like 
imposter syndrome is very real and you're and it's something that everyone has um and everyone has and and and, and whether you're elon musk or or, any, or 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 someone just starting their first company and doesn't know where to go next everyone has everyone has, has had imposter syndrome thinking that, that, that what are they doing the arrogance go off on them think they can solve this problem and build this company um but you got to believe in yourself too like you there's you've when you're in there there's no point in questioning yourself you've got to always be your biggest fan um, and, const- and and really do when, when you've when you've got <clears throat> when you know you've got you've got a, you've got a, you've got a um, got a solution that can go and that can that can be a business go and stand behind yourself and and and, and believe in everything you do um, because no one else will and you have to go and convince you, you have to go and convince everyone else that you're on the right path whether it's your, your whether it's your employees whether it's the people you're selling to whether it's the, if you're raising money the investors you're buying you're buying from so you have to be uh, you have to be on a hundred percent behind your your biggest fan. Um, so yeah, that, that's some advice. Yeah, it's so it's so true with the um, like be be your own biggest fan because like when you look at the most successful companies out there like Elon Musk or whatever, like people laughed at them at the beginning like they're like oh you can't do this you can't do that but then look like it got them to to where they are now so I think that's so important. Yeah, you got to be kind of you just be your own visionary you have to you have to look at you have to have uh an opinion on on a on a domain and you have to be able to stand behind like why that opinion is strong why your inside is strong why you believe this is something you go after and show data them as well um and that kind of leads the way to how you run your business and how you kind of shoot in one direction and how you build your product a few more questions uh before we finish up so if let's just say there's a billboard and this billboard is displayed to millions and billions of people. So anyone in the world can see this billboard. What message would you put up on that billboard? Oh, love one another. Be nice. Text X number and give five euro to this charity, something like that. That seems like a very helpful thing. <laughs> and now what, what would you do? Um, well, what, what would my message be? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. Uh, maybe some of them being present, being kind, and just yeah, something like that. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. <laughs> be nice to people. <laughs> and yeah. what is your definition of chasing passion? My definition of chasing passion is uh, doing it every day, doing it as your job. Probably, um, if you're not doing what your passion is as your job, you're probably chasing it. Still trying to chase it. Love that answer. Well, Luke, I think it's a good opportunity to finish up the podcast. But before we do, um, where can people find you? Uh, Twitter is a good place to find me, or Instagram. Um, my Twitter is Luke underscore Mackey. Um, you can find me there. Um, yeah, it's probably the probably best place. And is there any final thoughts? Any closing comments? Anything else that you want to say? before we finish up no thanks for having me on go to so in the next week or two i hope to have launched this site i don't know when this podcast can be out, but uh, uh go there and and engage and talk to us and if you're a founder uh if you have any problems either engage on the forum or reach out to us and tell us what you want to see it'll only be live like a few days by the time this is out so um we'll probably be a and have a lot of work to do but this is just kind of a, a free side project we're working on to try and um, 
just have a kind of a knowledge base for 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 founders and a place for them to go when they're when they're overwhelmed with where to go next um, so uh, definitely something wartimefounder.com great i'll link that in the show notes luke thank you so much for your time really enjoyed the conversation and yeah keep doing what you're doing can't wait to see your future projects thanks so much thank you so much for listening to the episode and i really hope you enjoyed it you can find all the show notes on the website chasingpassion.ie that is chasingpassion.ie if you're looking to support the podcast in any way i would really appreciate if you could leave a short review on apple podcast and this would literally take about 60 seconds and it will help the podcast grow in so many ways you can find the link to apple podcast in the episode description or just simply search chasing passion on apple podcast and it should pop right up thank you so much for listening to the episode it means the world to me i really appreciate it and yeah just thank you so much and have a great day